In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Blessed Sacrament. We thank you for your real presence, your body, blood, soul, and divinity. We thank you, Jesus, for wanting to be here with us, for wanting to spend this time with us. Jesus, we believe that you literally made time. You created time and space. We believe that you made time so that you would have time to spend with us because you value us that much. And we believe, Jesus, that you love to spend this time with us here tonight. You always love to spend time with us, to bless us, to accept us into your heart just as we are, to show us your divine affection and to affirm us in our true identity. Jesus, help us to reflect on that tonight more and to receive all of the love and healing that you have in store for us here tonight. Mother Mary, we want to crown you the queen of our gathering here tonight as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among men, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to read a little bit from this coming Sunday's Gospel. It's interesting the way they have it laid out. It starts with Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And then it jumps to chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. So that's where I'll pick up Luke chapter 4. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went, according to his custom, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You might say this is a mission statement for Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
to bring glad tidings to the poor, to preach the gospel, in other words, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. And certainly sin encompasses all of those things. Jesus said that whoever sins is a slave to sin. So in some ways, we're all captives to sin. And we all need to be liberated from sin. We need to be forgiven from our personal sin and liberated from the effects of sin. Recovery of sight to the blind. It's one of the things that sin does. It it blinds us. It darkens our intellect. It weakens our will and it tends to twist our hearts. To let the oppressed go free. It, It literally does oppress us. We've all felt that. How sin, our own sin and the sin of others around us can oppress us. It can weigh us down. So the Lord wants to set us free from all of that. He wants to give us new sight, a a vision of faith and hope and love. He wants to help us see and love in ourselves and in one another what he sees and loves in us, in each and every one of us. And I believe he wants to do do all of that for us here tonight. Undoubtedly, we've all experienced that to some degree already. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. God's already working in your life. God is speaking to you in many different ways. And let's just make, the, let's make an act of faith tonight together. Let's make a corporate act of faith. Repeat after me. Jesus, I believe you're the good shepherd. Jesus, I believe that you're the good shepherd. And I hear your voice. You call me by my name. You speak to me in a way that I can understand. That is personal and profound. Amen. How might God speak to you tonight? Through his word that we just heard. Through the songs through something that I say, you might just start getting a certain thought or word in your conscience or an intuition that comes to you. And that'll sound like yourself, perhaps, speaking to yourself, but you'll know that it's the Lord because of the effect that it produces in your soul as you hear it as you ponder it. You might get an emotion that comes over you. Joy, peace, excitement, hope, gratitude. So you might have some kind of an emotion like that come over you tonight. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit. You might feel something in your body with chills or goosebumps as Jesus walks on by you and blesses you tonight. You might get an image in your imagination. Some of you, we all have an imagination. And yes, God can actually use our imagination. Especially those of you who have 
been especially fond of the chosen, for example. You all have these different scenes in your mind. Well, the Holy Spirit can use all of those scenes, all of the different images that we have around us. The Holy Spirit can animate those, so to speak, in our own imagination and communicate to us a word from the Lord. And not just a dead letter, not just a dead letter, but the Word, Jesus is the Word of God, the Word made flesh, right? Isn't that what John wrote in the beginning of his Gospel? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Right? He was in the beginning with God, and everything came into being through Him, and without Him, nothing came into being. So it's not a dead letter, but it's, it's a word that actually communicates divine life and power. Jesus said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But the truth, as Pope Benedict would say, is not just something, it's someone. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So tonight as I'm preaching and as the, as the Blessed Sacrament comes through church, it's not just a word that is spoken, but it's, it's a power that is transmitted. And that's the Holy Spirit's job. You've heard me say that before. That's the Holy Spirit's job, is to literally communicate this divine life to you, His grace. We've all entered into, well, actually, I know there's somebody here who hasn't been baptized yet, so I met her before the night began. But anyway, all of us who have been baptized have already entered into the order of grace, which is to say his power and presence. And at baptism, we received just little seeds of that divine life. And every time we come before the Lord, every time we pray, every time we go to Holy Communion, that life, that divine life grows in us. And we become transformed more and more, little by little. That's really the goal of the Christian life, dear brothers and sisters. The goal of the Christian life is not to get to heaven. The goal of the Christian life is to become transformed into Jesus more and more by the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of the Father. We don't have to get to heaven. Heaven's right here. <laughs> heaven just came down. And every time you receive Holy Communion, heaven comes into you. You don't have to get to heaven. God is inviting you to believe that heaven is right here. And in fact, heaven is inside of you right now because of your baptism. Your temples of God, temples of the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to get to heaven, but rather you should allow heaven to start transforming you from within more and more. That's what God wants. What gets in the way of that transformation? Our doubts our fears, our sins, 
the sins of those around us, an unbelieving culture. That's what gets in the way. And that's why Jesus said tonight, I came to remove those obstacles. The obstacles to friendship and intimacy with God. It's what God always wanted. As I said in the opening prayer, God made time, literally, for us. Because he just wanted to spend time with us. He literally made time. He created it. It didn't exist. You didn't exist. You didn't have to exist. Nobody here had to exist. Nothing had to exist. But God wanted to create the universe. He wanted to create us so that he could share his life with us, so that he could have a relationship with us. It's all he ever wanted. But Satan himself, Lucifer, they didn't want it. And then they tempted our first parents to doubt that that was really God's good plan for us. So sin entered the world, and with sin, death, and pain, and suffering. So we have to live with those effects. But we don't have to be dominated by them. We don't have to be afraid of them. God doesn't want us to be afraid. How often did Jesus say it? Be not afraid. He certainly doesn't want us to be afraid of him. If he wanted us to be afraid of him, he wouldn't have chosen to stay with us in the form of a piece of bread. Who's afraid of a piece of bread? Raise your hand. (laughs) Unless you're gluten intolerant, perhaps. (laughs) Right? Nobody's afraid of a piece of bread. So do you think that God really wants you to be afraid of him? I don't think so. How did, it be, how did he enter the world in the first place? As a baby. Again, that just shows us that he doesn't want us to be afraid of him. In fact, by becoming a baby, he's giving us permission to be needy. Can I get an amen? How many of you like to be needy? Raise your hand. We resist that, don't we? We resist that. But Jesus is giving us permission to be needy. And that's really what it means to be poor in spirit. When Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, his most famous sermon, he kicked it off with the Beatitudes, which is a kind of road map, if you will. Isn't that how he described it in the (laughs) Chosen? It's a roadmap. This is where you'll find me. If you want to find me, follow this roadmap. And the first direction that he gives, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All of the other Beatitudes have a future promise. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. But the very first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here, now. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? 
It means that you can embrace your neediness with confidence in God's power and desire to fulfill all of your needs and desires. So now how many want to be poor in spirit, right? Jesus, help us to be poor in spirit so that we can embrace our neediness, our littleness is what St. Therese of Lisieux would call that. Her little way was all about embracing her littleness, her neediness. And then with bold confidence, bringing all of her needs and desires to her king. With great confidence, great trust, great hope. With a lot of faith. So Jesus, help us to do that here tonight and each and every day. May we not shy away from our neediness. And sometimes, I was praying about this in the last week. I think sometimes we even shame ourselves for being needy. We shame ourselves for being needy. And then we shame other people for being needy. Because we feel uncomfortable when they come to us in their neediness sometimes. So instead of owning that, we shame them. Anybody ever do that before? Yeah. I think we've all done that. Because we can't handle somebody else's neediness, we shame them in their neediness. And that somehow makes us feel better in that moment. But then we recognize that I too am needy. And so I think the Lord wants to come and meet us where we're at. He wants to meet our needs. He wants to fulfill our desires for love. We all have a desire to be loved. And he knows that because he put that desire in our hearts. He put that need in our hearts. It's what brings us all together because ultimately he wants to form love bonds with us and he wants us to form love bonds with each other that's why he commanded us to love one another as he loved us and love bonds don't break i tell people that at funerals all the time even when our loved ones die the bonds of love that we formed with our loved ones are not broken by death because love is stronger than death now that we're united in Christ because he is risen. And so faith and hope, we don't need those in heaven because that which we believed in is now seen and that which we hope for is possessed, it's realized. So one thing remains, as Paul says, love. But we can't give what we don't have. We can't really love the way that he loved us until we allow him to love us first. So let's ask him tonight to do that. I'm just going to lead you through some prayers that will help you, I think, to perhaps get the monkey off your back, as I like to say. 
And some of these things may not resonate with you. That's okay. You can still repeat them. You never know. And sometimes it hits you a day or two later or a week later. I did this with, with a group of men and women on, on Saturday night. And one of the women just texted me yesterday and we talked today, I think it was, briefly. Because she had said, yeah, it hit me Sunday morning at Mass. One of the things in particular that we renounced, one of the lies that we renounced, it hit me Sunday morning at Mass. She said, I almost started to cry. I said, it's okay if you cry. She's a pretty tough gal. I don't think she likes to cry, but it's okay. You have permission to cry here tonight. There's no shame in that. Jesus cried. That's something a lot of human beings do, so it's okay. Give yourself permission to be human, right? So, I'm going to lead you through five steps. Some people call them the five keys from the unbound model of prayer. And it can be very liberating. It can be very healing to go through something like this. And we're going to do it quickly. But I just felt inspired to do this with you here tonight. So we'll first make a, an act of contrition. We'll ask God to forgive us our sins. So just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry for my pride, my self-reliance, for not seeking your help, for not trusting in you, for trying to do everything by myself, for trying to define myself through what I do, by trying to please everybody, by looking and sounding good, Jesus, please forgive me. I'm sorry for not allowing you to love me, to define me by your unconditional love. Help me, Jesus, to let you love me Help me to receive your love freely, just as you give it. Amen. The second step is to forgive. And we've talked a lot about forgiveness here before. But just to remind ourselves, forgiveness is not reconciliation. So when God asks us to forgive, he does not ask us to be reconciled with 
anybody who may have hurt us or a loved one. This side of heaven, reconciliation is not always possible. So don't confuse the two. To forgive somebody does not mean that you should excuse what they did or feel good about them or what they did. God doesn't command you to have a certain feeling or emotion towards somebody who hurt you. Because at the end of the day, forgiveness is a choice. It's a decision that we can make by the grace of God. So Jesus, I ask you to please help all of us to forgive tonight. Anybody that we need to forgive again, or perhaps for the first time. Holy Spirit, come. Who do you want me to forgive? And their name may come to you, their face may come to you. The event might come to you. Just wait. Repeat after me. Jesus, I choose not to hold this offense against them. I let it go. I give it to you so that you can deal with them according to your will. Lord, have mercy. Amen. So now we will renounce certain spirits and lies and fears. Because as we grow up, especially when we're younger, things happen. And when things happen that are unpleasant, we as kids tend to blame ourselves and... and we embody certain emotions and thoughts that aren't true about us or about God. But sometimes it's hard to really know the truth and, and, and experience the truth for ourselves the way that God wants us to. So we're going to, again, you can just repeat after me. We'll start with, with spirits. In the name of Jesus, I renounce all the evil spirits of resentment, pride, fear, distrust, hatred, self-righteousness, self-reliance, self-hatred, Self-condemnation, disappointment, shame, unforgiveness, confusion, anxiety, loneliness, 
depression. And unemployment. Denial. Slavery. Insanity. Humiliation. Embarrassment. Oppression. Intimidation. Rejection. Danger. Problem. Orphan. Okay, now we'll do lies. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that God is ashamed of me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I should be ashamed of myself. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm stupid. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm an idiot. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that there's something wrong with me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I don't have what it takes. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm a failure. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to make everybody happy. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to be perfect. Okay, we'll do a few fears. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of failure. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of rejection. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of death. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of humiliation. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of sickness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of abandonment. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of condemnation. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of criticism. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of expressing my opinion. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of being misunderstood. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the fear of making a mistake. 
Okay, for this next step, I'm just going to pray over you so you don't have to repeat this. I just invite you to hold open your hands on your lap and receive this prayer. Just imagine the blood and water that flowed from the pierced side of Jesus, which the mystics say is the, the fountain of sacramental life in the church. Just imagine that blood and water and, and the light of Christ coming out of the Blessed Sacrament here on the altar, coming out and falling on you, washing over you, delivering you from these lies and these fears and these evil spirits, just driving away the darkness and filling you with divine light. So now in the name of Jesus and by the power of his holy cross and precious blood and with the sword of the spirit, I now break the power of all these evil spirits and lies and fears that you just renounced. And I command them all to go now directly and immediately to the foot of the cross to be dealt with by Jesus as he wills. You will go bound. You will not touch or harm anything or anyone on the way. You will never come back and you will never send anything in your place. You will, in fact, be crushed by the heel of the Mother of God. Amen. Amen. All right. Good stuff. Maybe some of you have already felt some relief, some freedom, some deliverance, some blessing. So now this fifth step is the Father's blessing, the Heavenly Father's blessing that comes through Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'll come around now, and let's just pray for each other. Pray for yourselves, pray for each other, that as Jesus comes up to you, as I bring Jesus up to you in the Blessed Sacrament and bless you, that you would receive a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, of divine life, that the Holy Spirit would touch your heart and help you to experience the Father's love for you and the Lordship of Jesus in a new way. Ask him to speak to your heart. And let's close by praying together in the words Jesus our Savior taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. I also want to lead you in an act of faith, so let's just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you want to affirm me. I believe that you want to show me your affection. I believe that you want to accept me tonight. Just for who I am right where I am. Help me to receive your blessing and to experience your love for me in a personal way and in a profound way. Amen. So another disclaimer, you may not feel anything right here, right now. And as I like to tell people, it often hits me when I'm in my car all by myself. So it might happen tomorrow morning. It might happen tonight. It might happen right here. 
but just believe that God is going to use this opportunity. He's going to honor your sacrifice. He's going to honor your faith here tonight. And he is going to bless you in some way. He's going to reveal himself to you in a new way. And it may not happen right here, right now. That's okay. That doesn't mean that you did it wrong or that God doesn't love you. But just keep opening yourself. When you pray tomorrow, when you listen to a Christian song tomorrow, when you open the Bible tomorrow, when you go to Mass, perhaps that's sometimes when it hits people the next time you receive Holy Communion. You never know. It could be a sunrise, a sunset. It could be something that a spouse or a friend says to you. And the Lord's just going to use that in that moment. Because then you really know that it's God. When you don't produce it, because we can't produce it, we just can't make it happen. It's, it's received, it's a gift. So let's pray that we can all receive the gift of his love tonight. Amen.